we've been taught growing up that this is okay or that this isn't life or that it's just a piece of flesh it's not a, a real life and so knowing that you're educated that way by the culture by the government by the schools and if you made that choice you know not knowing god's word or knowing it or out but, of fear or out mm-hmm, of shame or, or out of disobedience all of those things god can forgive you for that and you need to know that Um, But it is a grieving process that you will need to have. It's not just something that generally will go away and you never think about again. Um, And so we've had to walk through that grieving process with these women knowing that, um, you know, there's redemption in it. And God does love them. He doesn't love them anymore before or after. He loves us unconditionally if we're in Christ. God's not just pro-life. He's pro-your life. That's right. All right, Pastor Mark and Grace here with the Real Marriage Podcast. And this one, I'm just going to tell you right up front, it's going to be a little more sober. It's about abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, through our ministry, Real Faith, of which Real Marriage is a part, uh, we have a special ebook we'd love to give you for free. And it's uh, Abort Abortion. And I'll tell you the story of it and uh, and why it's so important. Um I, I felt burdened to write about abortion with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, the issue going back to states where, in my opinion, it should have been in the first place. It should not be a national issue. It should be a state issue, as most things should be. And I just felt burdened. So I sat down one day, uh, 14 hours, and literally just wrote a whole book. I didn't have an outline. I just prayed, and it just kind of flowed. And so uh, there's a chapter on the history of Roe v. Wade and some of the legalities. There's a chapter on what the Bible says about the unborn. And there is a chapter about Jesus and John the baptizer in their mother's womb and what we know about people having a name, a destiny, being filled with the Holy Spirit from their mother's womb. Uh, there is a chapter on Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. And the inexplicable demonic evil that this woman promulgated without apology. I sat down and honestly, I felt depressed for a better part of a week, just reading Margaret Sanger's books cover to cover to hear from herself, her own reasons for abortion. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. She got a chapter in one of her books called, um, you know, the, something to the effect of, uh, the immorality of large families. And, uh, and one of the quotes in there is, uh, one of the best things a, uh, a family, a large family can do is quote, kill one of its members. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just, it's mind bending. Proverbs, God says, all who hate me love death. Mm-hmm. And she loved her death. And, and so she took her ideology from, uh, the Nazis and concentration camps and move them to clinics. And so a clinic is just a little concentration camp. And statistically, it's racist. Mm-hmm. By far and away, uh, those who are non-white are getting the abortions and the clinics are put in the poorest neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so, man, it, it, it was, it, it's, a, it's a book I'm super uh, honored to write, but honestly felt oppressed mm-hmm. afterward. And it, it just came out in 14 hours. Yeah. We'll give it to you for free. It's Abort Abortion. But I start with um, sharing our story. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know there's a lot of Christians that are going to listen to this, uh, probably a lot of people that are parents and pro-life, probably some people that at, 
in their past, they had an abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's a, I, I cover it in the book, but there's a large percentage of people who are professing Christians that have had abortions. Yeah. And, but when we started, honey, um, our dating relationship, maybe just to explain where we, we came to this issue, very different mm-hmm. conclusions. Yeah. I mean, you were pro-choice. I was pro-life. Um, I had very deep convictions about it and knew that that's what the Bible was clear about um, and tried to convince you over and over. Um, but you went more with the cultural arguments and the cultural sway. And um, so I just, at one point, just stopped arguing um, and just prayed that God would lead you in truth and bought you a Bible. And um, and ultimately, God you know, ended up winning that argument with you. And it wasn't about um, right or wrong. It was just literally what God said. You, you were convicted by what the Bible said about life and death and how um, God is the creator of life. And he considers children a blessing. And that when we do something to harm children, whatever that is, um, that is against what God God's intent is. And, um, and I was not a Christian mm-hmm. and I, I was, uh, I was raised Catholic. And so that's, you know, strongly pro-life and I just didn't agree. We were 17 and, um, I wasn't just pro-choice. I was pro forced population controls. Mm-hmm. I was pro sterilization of those who are poor or what I would deem less fit. Um, and you may not know this, um, you know, so this this entire ideology is based on really flawed thinking from Charles Darwin, mm-hmm. and um, and I've got the full title of his book. They usually tell you it's uh, the origin of the species, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually this the, the the title continues and the preservation of favored races. So mm-hmm. it's 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 he's a racist. He's a racist. It it literally is saying that we evolved, and some of us are more evolved than others, and. Um, and Margaret Sanger talks about, quote, the savage races. Mm. And so it's it's racist. It's godless. Uh, she was anti-Christianity very vehemently. She was anti-capitalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that she looked forward to the day when Christianity and capitalism no longer existed on planet Earth. And so um, for me, I, th- I, I believe the myth of overpopulation that mm-hmm. – there were a, and this comes from a philosopher named Malthus. He actually was a reverend, I found out. He was, mm. he was a pastor of all things, who taught that uh, population outgrows uh, resources and that we need to reduce population uh, before we outstrip the environment of its food and resources. He said this when the earth had a billion people on it. Now it has 8 billion and we're all still here. Yep, we're good. <laughs> and the issue is not uh, overpopulation, it's distribution. Mm-hmm. Like uh, right now we've got a war in Ukraine and there's plenty of food. We're having a hard time getting it moved around. Right. And so the issue is not population, it's distribution. But I, I believe that. And so I believed, of course, that uh, I was more fit. And mm-hmm. if anybody should die, it should not be me because I'm, you know, such a gift to the planet. <laughs> and uh, and I remember arguing in high school, there was a debate and they brought me up and uh, they brought up a sweet Christian girl and she gave the pro-life position and I gave the pro-death position and I eviscerated her. I melted her to the ground. She ran out of the classroom, unable to even continue debating me because I eviscerated her. And I was wrong, Mm -hmm. but I won the argument. Go to college uh, on a leadership scholarship. And I started studying under uh, a Marxist professor from 
uh, from Africa. Um, I won't say his name, but uh, he was complete force population control, evolutionary theory. Um, he was social Marxist. He was uh, for sterilization. Um, he, he was pro infanticide, even killing born children. And I, I studied under him uh, for about a semester and, and got to know him. And I, I liked him. I thought he was making sense. And uh, I remember he put me up. I don't know. There was hundreds of kids in the class. It was a large class at State University. Again, some Christian kid wanted to debate. So he put me up against a Christian kid. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I just complete nuclear assault on this Christian kid, melted them to the ground. They couldn't finish the debate. The point is, first of all, I'm glad that God saved me. Yes. Amen. (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to argue, I'd rather argue for Jesus in the Bible. Um, And then you gave me a Bible and I started reading it and God saved me. And all of a sudden I got the Holy Spirit and I got a new mind and I started thinking differently. And I came to a very quick conclusion that the God of the Bible is 100% pro-life. Mm-hmm. He's the author of life. There's no death until sin. God doesn't even have death as part of the original plan. It comes in after sin. Mm-hmm. Children are always a blessing. In the Bible, when somebody can't get pregnant, uh, they're devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, the thought of God's people Ending life is unconscionable in the Bible. That's what Pharaoh does, trying to kill the baby boys. That's what Herod does, trying to kill the baby boys. It's always the demonic uh, government that's trying to kill children, and God's people are trying to have them. Mm -hmm. And God says, be fruitful, multiply, increase the number, fill the earth, and subdue it. That's a ton of kids having a ton Mm -hmm. of kids. And now we got five kids, and I can't even fathom what in the world I was thinking. And when we miscarried a child, um, it was devastating because I, I love being a dad. I mean, I absolutely love being a dad. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm all about being a dad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, and so if you're listening to this and you are someone who maybe is curious about why you should be pro-life, uh, get the ebook, Abort Abortion. It, it's mm-hmm. free. It's fo- There's over 100 footnotes. I did my homework. Mm-hmm. And I, I presented as a guy who knows a lot of the arguments because I argued them persuasively. And so I didn't start with the Bible. I started against the Bible. And obviously now I'm for the Bible and I'm for the Lord and I'm for life. And if you're someone who is pro-choice or maybe undecided on the issue, give me a shot to change your mind or to train your mind. If you're a person who is pro-life and now you see the conversation rolling in the country and there's a lot of debate and discussion Maybe it's coming up with friends or family or workmates or classmates. Let me help give you some resources, including a whole chapter that scientifically proves it's not even a question. Life begins at conception. I mean, our our culture doesn't even debate this. It's because if a woman is pregnant and you assault her and she miscarries, you could be charged with murder because you took a life. I mean, it's, it's just insane. And, uh, and if you're someone who um, wonders why Christians should care about this issue, I'd, I'd want you to give me a chance to try and show you why it's important. Um, what would you say, honey? Um, and we want to get this book to as many people as we can, and it's free. We just want to give it away because we care about the message. What would you say to first, uh, what would you say to a woman who is a Christian and 
had an abortion. And there's there's a lot of women listening to this. They're Christians, maybe even now they're moms. And and the majority of women who have an abortion also have a child. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a traumatic experience because when they're raising the kid, they're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Yeah. And I think this intersects with the marriage podcast because there's millions of women that have had abortions. And 63 million since Roe v. Wade was legalized, more so, than the population of Washington, Oregon, California, and Arizona combined. It's it's roughly similar, the number of abortions, to the number of people who live in California and Texas, the two most populated states in America. 63 million abortions is, like I'm doing the math in my head, it's around 25 million more people than live in Canada or Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You think of right now the war in Ukraine, you're like, at all the lives lost. If everybody in Ukraine died, we still would not be anywhere near deaths under Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's such a massive issue that there are a number of people listening to this podcast that this is part of Absolutely. their experience and story. Yeah. And just being in ministry for as many years as we have, we've intersected with a lot of couples that have had to wrestle through this. and. Yeah. The husband who took the wife, the uh, boyfriend who took the girlfriend. Or you get married and and this is part of one of your pasts. And and so it is a real issue. It's something that that really either you are dealing with or you know someone who's dealing with it and the pain of it. And so <clears throat> one of the most important scriptures is that if you are a believer, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I think to have the history of abortion, though it may be hard to listen to if you have participated in that, it actually helps because you need to know kind of the history and the education that you went through. Exactly. And I have dear friends that have gone through abortions in their younger years and, and fully regret that now. And it still can be a pain in their life, but they know they're not condemned for it. But it is, it's a grief process that they've had to go through knowing that they did take the life of their child and that God forgave them for that. It's not an unpardonable sin. Um, which some people try and make it the hardcore pro-lifers can be really um, awful and condemning and how they present life and went on to be a writer of 13, maybe 14 books of the new Testament. There's a debate about Hebrews. Jesus on the cross is being murdered and he prays father, forgive them. And so if Jesus can forgive people who take his life, he can forgive people who take life. Absolutely. And so that is, that is super important to know those things, to know the history, to know that we've been taught growing up that this is okay, or that this isn't life, or that it's just a piece of flesh, it's not a a real life. And so knowing that you're educated that way by the culture, by the government, by the schools, and if you made that choice, you know, not knowing God's word or knowing it. Or out of fear or out mm -hmm, of shame. or Or out of disobedience. All of those things, God can forgive you for that, and you need to know that. Um, But it is a grieving process that you will need to have. It's not just something that generally will go away and you never think about again. Um, And so we've had to walk through that grieving process with these women knowing that, um, you know, there, there's redemption in it. And God does love them. He doesn't love them anymore before or after. He loves us unconditionally if we're in well, Christ. He's not just, God's not just pro-life. He's pro-your life. That's right. So it, 
you are forgiven, but it is a process to walk through that healing um, with the Lord. And if you're married and you're trying to figure this out, there are books on um, grieving and um, even some of the miscarriage books help walk through abortion and the grief of losing a child. Um, but to go through that together, um, the husband will need to forgive the wife. Is there a resource that you tend to have? I know you run women's ministry. Yeah. I mean, for miscarriage and for loss of life grieving, we often recommend the book Held, H-E-L-D. <clears throat> and it's just a helpful like journaling book to go through the grieving process. Um, there's also a book called Grace Like Scarlet that is really good. And those are both helpful resources on the grieving process of the loss of a child. And so in that, Again, you'll need to together as a couple walk through that forgiveness process, that grieving process, and into healing, and know that God has healing for you. Um, he doesn't want you to stay in that grieving process forever. Um, but some of my friends who have gone through that, um, they now help others go through that process because they want it to be used to help others and not just have that, mm -hmm. you know, hurt in their heart to deal with. And, uh, and sometimes the question is asked, I've got a whole uh, conclusion in the abort abortion book. We'd love to get you a free copy of um, what happens to the baby mm -hmm. if you miscarry or if there's an abortion, but the, the child doesn't is conceived, but isn't, you know, brought into the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. And the, uh, there's a long answer there, but uh, the, sh the short answer is uh, the Lord decides, Yeah. you know, and I, uh, I love the fact that God is a father. If the father's making the decision, I feel mm -hmm. pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, Jesus identifies with us from conception. Mm -hmm. They often say God became a man. He did. He also became a zygote. Mm -hmm. You know, he became a little man. Yeah. And, and Jesus identifies with us from conception forward. And that's the process that he underwent in his incarnation coming into human history. And Children love Jesus. I mean, it's, it's some of the best pictures in the Bible are kids running up to Jesus. And then the religious guys rebuking them, saying, hey, get rid of the kids. He's yeah. like, no, actually, I'd rather hang out with them. That's right. And he says, for the kingdom of God was made for such as these. So it seems like Jesus got a plan to have a lot of kids in heaven. Absolutely. And so I just leave these decisions to the Lord. There was a day that David uh, lost a young child, and he was grieving and praying and lamenting as the child was struggling. And once the child dies, I've got this in the book as well. Um, abort abortion that he uh, he gets up and he's in his right mind. He mm -hmm. dresses and he moves on. They're like, what happened? He's like, well, my child departed, but I will see them again one day. Yeah. And he had faith, you know, the Lord's going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my encouragement to you would be, I, 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 I believe, and I, I look forward to some great family reunions in the kingdom mm -hmm. of God. And I think, um, I believe, um, that our miscarried child mm -hmm. is, uh, we're going to see him, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and it's hard. I mean, you lose a kid and I mean, we got five kids and the miscarriage was, it was devastating. It's like, gosh, well, that's somebody we love, but we never got to hold, mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't mean that they're not with the Lord and it doesn't mean we won't be with them again someday. And so mm -hmm. this is where the hope of resurrection, the hope of God's grace. And I think doctrines too, like predestination and election, which sometimes they get hard and mean and cruel and, mm -hmm. but you know, if wouldn't it be great if it's like, well, God picks and he picked them from the womb before they could get out yeah. and pick him. Yeah. So I just, I have some comfort and rest in those doctrines and yes. how they apply to the unborn. Um, but yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Anything else you'd want to add? Sweetheart? Yeah. I mean, just sometimes for the grieving process, some couples like to name the child. They like to have a memorial of some sort, just 
them privately. privately, and that's okay too. Whatever helps you in that grieving process. Um, there's also some bracelets you can buy that are engraved that you know are a reminder that you know you love that child now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's just a lot of symbolic things. Whatever's helpful, um, I would do that and just continue to pray in that healing process with your spouse. And and I'm sorry that that is something that so many marriages have to go through, um, but just have the hope of God's healing for you. And again, I just, I, if you would let me, please let me get you the mm-hmm. book, Abort yeah. Abortion, and please give me the honor of putting it in your hands. Mm-hmm. Please help me get into the hands of family and friends. Mm-hmm. And here's the big idea. We just, if God's people aren't pro-life, no one is. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. this point, the only thing that is holding back or standing up against the flood of evil in our culture that seeks to murder our children in the womb, to then brainwash, sexually confuse, and groom them as children destroy them through social media and pornography and drugs and addiction. It seems like everything in our world is just trying to destroy children. Yeah. The only thing that stands up against that ultimately with any strength or integrity is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so we're Bible believing Christians, no apology. And uh, we want to be God's messengers, not God's editors. And on this issue of abortion, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And God had to change my mind. And yeah. so I would love if you would allow me to share what I've learned with you and maybe help to get it into the hands of others. Mm-hmm. Honey, how about in closing, you just pray for those folks that are yeah. processing these issues. Yeah. Lord, thank you that you are the author of life. Thank you that you love life and that you brought us onto this planet. And Lord, I just pray that as these couples are discussing this, um, even if they disagree on this topic, Lord, I pray that you would bring them to be like-minded under your word and under your authority, um, that they would be for life as you are, Lord. And if they have experienced this at any point in their life, whether they're single or married, um, Lord, I just pray that you would um, allow them to heal from that grief, that you would allow them to go through that process of realizing and dealing with the reality of what they did, but then knowing that you cover that, Lord, you love them in spite of that. And you, we aren't saved by our good or bad works. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you can redeem anything. And I pray that this would be a part of their story that's healed and that they can then help others um, heal and also help others not have to go through this pain um, and just helping them make a different decision. So thank you, Lord, that you are a God of grace and you are a God of forgiveness and you model that to us so that we can do that in our own lives and do that with others in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 